Hi, everybody. This is Chuck Sipe, Assistant Superintendent of Roxbury Schools, with another episode of Schoolhouse Rocks, a podcast with post- possibly the answers to some very burning questions that parents have, which is, tell me all about kindergarten. So as we're enjoying the summer heat wave and enjoying the summer months, it's a great opportunity to reconnect with families, to rejuvenate, to relax, and to just take a break from the hustle and bustle of the school year, uh, of the cluttered athletic schedule, and all of the other things that consume our time. The summer is a great time to, to, to relax from that. Um, but it is definitely a time that introduces some significant nerves for certain families uh, and that is surrounding the beginning of kindergarten in September, August, um, for new students, particularly families who it's their first child going to public school. So hopefully today we can address some of those concerns. We can impart some words of wisdom. And I've invited some of my amazing colleagues here from our elementary ranks to talk about uh, this topic and to really provide that wisdom uh, to our families. So I'm going to ask you all to introduce yourselves and then we'll get rolling. Hi, everybody. My name is Brian Hamer. I am the proud principal of Franklin Elementary School. Hi, everyone. My name is Erica Kelly. I am the pre-K through 6 Applied Sciences Supervisor. Hello, I'm Jen Mauer, kindergarten teacher at Franklin School. Hi, everyone. It's Lisa Bellardino, the pre-K to 6 Humanities Supervisor. All right. Thanks for joining me today, everybody, because I know this is an exciting topic. It's one you're all very passionate about. Uh, So before we get into kind of the nuts and bolts of advice you have for parents as they prepare for kindergarten and what to expect once the school year begins, I just want to kind of frame out the structure of kindergarten in the state of New Jersey. So in the state of New Jersey, youngsters are required to attend school between the ages of 6 and 16. It's called compulsory education, um, which is why lots of schools still have a varied approach to kindergarten. Uh, You still see some half-day kindergarten programs. You still see some part-day programs because kindergarten technically is not a required piece of um, the the elementary schooling experience. In Roxbury, we've been full-day K for quite a while now because it is something we do firmly believe in that presents an opportunity to create and support the foundational understanding of a few things. One, academics. Two, the norms of school. And three, ways to really effectively communicate as you participate in the experience of school. So we're going to talk about those topics. Um, But as I share that out there, I just also want to remind parents that as you engage in kindergarten for the first time, youngsters arrive to kindergarten with a vast array of experiences prior to kindergarten. Everything on the spectrum from no formal kind of exposure to learning, whether it be preschool or at home Um, opportunities, all the way up to youngsters who have been in formalized preschool settings for what could be a number of years. And what that leads to is a very exciting uh, beginning of the school year as kindergarten teachers, and we have an expert with us, with Ms. Maurer, um, what does the beginning of the kindergarten school year look like? So before we get to that, and we have those reminders, let's just kind of get into, we're preparing. So we have the summer months, we have July, we have August. What if I'm a parent and I'm nervous about my child beginning kindergarten, what should I be doing right now besides enjoying family time? What should I be doing to get ready for kindergarten? Well, I'm just going to jump in here and I'm going to say that family time is definitely utmost important. I think that's definitely what kids thrive on is just experiences with you guys as the parents. So I see that as the foremost important aspect. However, thinking about preparing for kindergarten, I do feel like it is a balanced approach in terms of we always think about our children that we want to create balanced experiences for them. We want 
them to be the whole child and be a balanced child in terms of where they experience sports or they experience play or they experience school. And that same approach really transpires over to getting ready for kindergarten in terms of academics and social skills and gross motor skills and fine motor skills um, and just all those experiences that students really need in order to be prepared. So we have that piece where half of it is the academic part, but the other half is just as equally important where it's all of those components that kids really need to thrive as an individual within society. Um, so like I said, some of those might be your fine motor skills, your gross motor skills, play experiences, um, and just a vast majority of aspects of how do we line up in school and how do we get on the bus and how do we take the bus with our friends? How do we communicate? How do we eat together at a table? So all of those things really are just as equally important as knowing your letters or knowing your numbers. As my colleague, uh, Mrs. Kelly, had mentioned, when we think about how to help our kids and help our students, we want to encourage them to be life ready. So we're bringing it back to the basics almost. How can you support them over the summer? It really starts with, you know, using the restroom, using the bathroom, toileting, um, knowing to shut the door when you go to the bathroom, knowing how to wipe, you know, flush the toilet, wash your hands, all of those routines and procedures that as an adult, we giggle and say like, yeah, well, we just we knew how to do it. Your parents did have to show you and your teachers do have to reinforce it at school. So it is starting with that when they're eating um, their meals, being able to sit for that sustaining a period of time where they're sitting, where they're not using iPads or devices because they won't have that at school. You know, conversating with their peers or their family members when they're eating is so important. We want them to be able to interact with one another at lunch. We want lunch to be fun. Um, but we also know that they do have a, a short amount of time to finish their meal um, and to be able to clean up after themselves. So those are definitely two areas as a parent that you can begin to work with over the summer by just setting some of those routines and procedures. I like to think about getting ready for summer for in the summer for kindergarten, a summer checklist. So what do you need to do or what would be like the top few things to get your child ready for kindergarten? It's definitely all about having fun, but doing it in a way that's going to prepare them to be a part of that classroom community. Just like they're a part of your family, they're also a part of their family at school. So that starts right in the classroom. So things like sharing, sharing toys, taking turns, knowing that there's one adult, but maybe 20 students. So waiting turns in conversation, knowing how to ask for help, knowing when should I ask for help and when should I try on my own or let me try again and not give up and being able to follow through on directions that are given. Another great thing to do is as you're getting ready for your summer adventures, make sure your child's getting their shoes on, they're getting their things together, they're grabbing their water bottle, maybe grabbing a backpack. Those are all great routines that will just make the beginning of the school year, especially those hectic mornings, a lot easier. Um, another great thing to do in the summer is board games. So by playing board games as a family, your child will be able to understand winning and losing. And it's okay for them to lose a game and it's okay for them to celebrate others' successes. And that's something that will be a part of being the classroom uh, community member. It's also so important to read to them and reading aloud to your child any reading is a huge benefit. So even if you think, oh, our nights are really crazy, we've kind of lost touch with a bedtime story, start tonight, start tomorrow. 
The Public Library in Roxbury is an amazing resource, and they also have a ton of all free summer programming that you can go to that will also help your child be a part of that larger group setting with peers. So even if your child has siblings, school's a little different. They're all the same age. They all have more similar needs and wants, and then they won't be just in that family setting, but they'll get to practice with others and, of course, play outside. There's so much learning to do outside. Um, just to uh, add to what my colleagues have mentioned, too, one thing that I think is really important is to think about how you are talking about school, because as a family um, right now, you are your child's world. So everything that we talk about with your son or daughter is, you know, their perception is being shaped about their first experience at school. And this is an extremely exciting time. They might be a little bit nervous. They might be a little bit anxious and that's okay. But just taking the time and speaking to them about how they're feeling, talking up the great experiences that they're going to have, explaining to them that they're going to meet new faces, maybe see some familiar faces, meet some amazing staff members that are going to be uh, working with them each day, and just taking the time to think about, you know, am I framing it in a positive light? Because it is going to be a positive experience. We, they, we want um, them to understand that it is going to be a great time for them too. So I just want to take the moment here to emphasize what I'm hearing and, quite frankly, what I'm not hearing. So my primary role here in the school district is to oversee curriculum and instruction and, you know, the teaching and learning elements of the school. And I'm excited and proud to say that what I haven't really heard yet is an emphasis on content. Things like knowing letters, knowing numbers, and there's a really good reason for that. The reason is we teach that. That's the primary piece of the kindergarten curriculum is understanding letters, numbers, number sounds, things like that. Is it great if students know those things? Of course it is. Is it essential? Absolutely not. And not nearly as important as some of the things that we've all talked about. You know, how to share, how to win, how to lose, how to play appropriately, how to ask questions, how to um, take turns. You know, and so as a parent, I can admit that would be hard to hear. Um, as someone who we had our children in preschool, you know, where it was a more formal school setting, because as an educator, that's important. And so that's part of what we're trying to get across today is that that's not the most only the most important thing. And quite frankly, um, probably a secondary piece of preparing for kindergarten. Um, much more important are those pieces we've started to talk about, uh, which I can admit as a parent sometimes are hard to be patient with, right? Mm -hmm. Allowing a child to put on their shoes and really try to secure them, put them on properly. And I say secure because maybe it's Velcro, maybe it's tying. Tying is really challenging. It's also something we work on. Um, and taking the extra minute or two or three or four <laughs> um, <laughs> to really be patient enough to allow a child to try and try again and be encouraged um, to do that. You know, same thing, to to be supported in cleaning up after themselves at a meal as opposed, it's much easier if I just do it myself but how will they ever learn? How will they be responsible uh, and understand what it is, what it's like to be a part of that process? Um, you know, same thing with you know we talked about toileting, you know, shutting the door, washing their hands, things like that. Those appropriate routines take a little bit extra time, but those are really great things to do now. And just from a selfish standpoint, I love what Mrs. Maurer said because I'm a board game guy. I love board games. Mm -hmm. Those opportunities um, not only have great value from a family structure standpoint. Um, it's also really important that when you have um, other kids over and your child is playing with other children, let them play a board game. Let them sort out the house rules. 
let them sort out disagreements and come to an understanding about how to proceed if they're not in agreement. And I don't know if you want to jump in there, Jen, because one of the things I know you and your colleagues have really been steadfast in in uh, hoping for, but really requiring, and we really support as as a school community, is we still have playtime in the kindergarten curriculum. I know you want to talk about it, and I agree with that. And as a teacher, talk about that. Like do, when kids disagree, you get in there and sort it for them. Like <laughs> I know that's not I know that's not what you do, but talk about that a little bit if you wouldn't mind. Sure. So I actually wrote down the number one question students ask me on the first day is, do we have playtime here? And that's because they are meant to play. Play is the work of the child. And I think I'm so fortunate to work in Roxbury where we support that. And your children who are coming to us are so fortunate. Um, not all districts still support playtime and they're finding that their students are having trouble regulating their emotions, solving um, peer-to-peer conflicts and knowing how to play and to learn through those authentic experiences. So no, we are not the referees of playtime. Instead, we're trying to facilitate an environment where the students can go through their own conflict resolution. So sharing, we might have very Example in my classroom, there's one toy phone in the house center. That is a hot item that the students (laughs) want. So I don't instead say, oh, there's four. Let me go order three more phones right now for you. No. They learn how to take turns, how to share, how to say, hey, how about you act out this part and I'll do this and then we'll take turns or tomorrow um, working on that. And in the play, going back real quick to the academics, that's where they're really actually practicing their mathematical and literacy literary, excuse me, um, skills. So they're counting, they're um, sorting, they're reading things, environmental print. When you're driving in the car, I'm jumping a little, um, it's great to talk, look around, billboards. Environmental print means the words that are around your child that they know just by sight, like the golden arches of McDonald's. (laughs) They know that says McDonald's without being able to sound out or read those words. And we incorporate those things into playtime too. So we have different things in our building center, art center, science center, um, housekeeping center, drama center, where they're able to incorporate that. And you can do that too as a parent, helping them to talk about the worlds around them, give them play things at home that don't require batteries. There are (laughs) lots of great toys that do, but they're annoying anyway, all the beeping and all the sounds. So unplug a little bit and give them toys that really require them to put in the work of using their imagination and playing. And those things will also help them to prepare for the type of play we do at school, which is more traditional play. And just to uh, hop on that idea, too, as somebody who goes into many, 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 in fact, all of the different classrooms at Franklin Elementary School, one of my favorite times to go into a kindergarten classroom is during structured play. Um, Whether the students are at art stations, kitchen stations, using the magnetiles, building things, it is pure imagination. The students are cooperating with each other. They're working together and, you know, there's no screens in front of them. They're just talking to each other and they're having fun in a productive manner. So honestly, you know, one of my favorite parts of uh, the kindergarten classroom experience, definitely. So one of the things that you guys just talked about and Jen emphasized is the using the environment to support learning. It really connects with what you said before, Brian, about you know, how we talk about school and the excitement of learning and the excitement of always being a part of something new, you know, um, doesn't suggest that every conversation we need to have with our kids is a quiz, right? So like, 
If you're reading to your kids, just read to them. It's okay. Now, periodically, if you want to ask them a question, go for it. But you don't have to stop every two or three pages and be like, now tell me what you just heard. What do you think happened next? Right? Like what we would do in a reading center. It's okay to do that, but it's okay to just read. It's okay if you are at exit 34 on Route 80 and you say to the kids, we're getting off at the next exit. What number is that? Right? Now, you know, think little questions like that, but don't feel like every conversation needs to be a quiz, but it's that opportunity, that excitement to learn something new that really helps um, cement the idea in, in children's brains that school is something that is positive for them. School is something that is exciting and fun, um, not just a place where their friends are, not just a place where they go during the daytime hours, Monday to Friday, um, but it, it's really an opportunity to be a part of something exciting um, with other kids and with grownups. So it's a little bit about how we prepare. So let's fast forward. So imagining we've done some of those things and we've started to prepare for school and we've really emphasized and taken time to allow opportunities for students to engage in appropriate toileting routines, eating routines, which includes sitting, right? Um, we didn't talk about that. We talked about the no screen. We talked about cleaning up. But how do we just sit for a meal? How do we wait patiently while someone else is still eating, right? As opposed to saying like, all right, I'm done. I'm, I'm out of here. Um, and that's sometimes it's easier at home to be like, oh, good, go. So mom and I can just in, enjoy the rest of the meal, you know, but there's value in staying. Let's have a conversation. Tell me about your favorite thing that happened today. Little questions like that that prepare for the school routines. But once we come into kindergarten and school starts, a lot of our focus, while there is academic components, are learning the norms of school. So let's talk a little bit about that, the respect that is a part of being a school community. Because when you think about kindergarten and you think about beginning school, I go immediately to walking in line, being quiet in the hallways, which does feel in some ways overly controlling, right, and regimented, but there's value, there's a purpose there. So let's talk a little bit about that because as you, we already talked about, there's lots of time to play and explore and be a kid. But let's talk about the routines of school and why that's important to learn and why it's such a key component to kindergarten learning experience. Well, I think, you know, with regards to that, one piece of that is taking a step back and thinking about if I'm walking through the hallway, obviously there's multiple other classrooms that are taking place at that moment. And it provides the students an opportunity to think to themselves, you know, how would I feel if somebody was running next to my classroom or shouting outside my classroom? Because in a way that almost devalues the learning that's taking pl place in those other classrooms. So it gives the students a chance to think about, you know, it's not just this one kindergarten classroom, it's not just this other kindergarten classroom, but it's a larger community that we're all part of. So we have to take a second and there might be times where this kindergarten um, class is walking on this side of the hallway, there might be a first grade class walking on the other side of the hallway. So it's at that point about, you know, just respecting everybody else in the building. One thing I have to add to is that we have fantastic teachers in Roxbury who send who spend the first few weeks, even month of school and beyond throughout the year, reinforcing all of these, you know, we call them classroom management techniques, but procedures and protocols and routines for kids. Um, and we like to call them expectations too, that we want kids to follow to ensure that they are safe and that they are comfortable and love school as much as we do. So it's not something that like just September, we're going over the bathroom routine and we're doing this in kindergarten, especially all year long. And even in some of the upper grades, you are consistently reinforcing on a day-to-day -day basis what those routines look like and you're modeling for them. So our teachers will show them, this is how you wash your hands. This is how you walk in line. 
Um, and children get to have a role in their classroom community, which is amazing. You know, you they have different jobs when they get to school. And so then you even have little student leaders within the classroom who might be an expert at washing their hands or might be an expert at lining up um, to model for their own peers. I think a large component that my two colleagues have brought up is just a generalized idea of safety. Like it really comes down to the student understanding what safety is in different um, community settings. Like when I know the kids are toddlers, we always talk about safety in a parking lot. We always hold their hand when crossing the street. We talk about safety in a store. We talk about staying close to mommy or daddy or anything like that. However, that kind of transpires and rolls over now into the elementary or the school community realm where they have to understand their place and their safety and other students' safety within the community, whether it's walking in line, whether it's not running in the hallway, whether it's um, ensuring that they use certain aspects properly so they don't like, let's say, close their hand in a door or anything like that. So it really does come down to the safety, but the aspect that really prepares kids for that reality of learning to walk in a line or not running down the hallway is their reasoning as to why their safety protocols. So we can always say until we're blue in the face, okay, Johnny, don't cross the street without holding mom's hand, but Johnny might not understand why. Um, so a good aspect to really prepare your kids over the summer is just having conversations to help them rationalize in their head how they're now moving to a different community and what safety looks like for them in that community. And I think, too, that as much as uh, ch children and students won't admit it, they like structure and routines because it allows them to be imaginative and creative because they know what's expected. They know what the next thing is. And, you know, students and children alike strive when they have that structure and routine built into their day because much like, you know, many adults and grownups, they don't like to be surprised either. So they like to know what's coming next so they can prepare their minds for that. So, you know, as we talk a little bit more about, you know, the the structures of school and how we help support the routines that occur in a school building and how they impact everyone, not just the individual, it, it, I think it's important here to note a, a longer standing piece of the school experience that goes up into the, even the high school level, which is differentiating between responsibility and, and compliance, right? If we tell a child, clean up after yourself, let's be fair, we often say as the grownups, we're teaching them to be responsible, the reality is that doesn't shift from compliance to responsibility until the child recognizes and does it on their own, right? When I say, clean up after yourself, our hope is that the child does it, but that's really compliance, and that's more of a respect thing. The grown-up asked me to do something, and I know it's the right thing to do, so I'm going to do it. When the child sees the, the, their space at the lunch table and knows they need to ask for a napkin so they can help clean up or they throw their rubbish in the garbage on their own, now we're at responsibility, right? When they know I can't just leave my shoes in the middle of the floor uh, or I, have, I used the phone and I'm now going to turn it over to somebody, if the teacher says, all right, it's someone else's turn, that's really compliance, when the youngster recognizes that another child has been patiently waiting and then they turn it over to that child so they can have a turn, now we've shifted towards res to, to that responsibility piece. And I think that's important as even, you know, as, as children get older, we often co-mingle we're teaching responsibility when it's really more compliance, you know. And so how do we put the building blocks in place there? It's through those routines that are taught in kindergarten, right? You know, you have that book, Everything I Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten, because a lot of the pieces, when you really boil down the school experience to the simplest pieces, are about appropriate interactions with others, right? The academic pieces are important, and they are a part of kindergarten. And the truth is, through most of this, we've been going for over 20 minutes now, 
We haven't really talked about the academics. Yes, there's a, an academic component to kindergarten, but the pieces that are really the of greatest emphasis are the social elements, the social skills, effective communication, ability to transition and understand the importance of routines. And, you know, part of that respect, and you guys even kind of mentioned this just before, when you talk about hold my hand when we cross the sidewalk and the child doesn't want to or asks why, answering that question with an honest uh, an honest response, that's demonstrating respect for the child. Some Are there times as the adult you just have to say, because I said so. Of course there are. But <laughs> when we can give an appropriate response and we can help help the child understand why, right? Instead of saying, stop asking so many questions, right? One of the saddest pieces of elementary schooling for me is kind of that beating the questions out of them. Like, stop asking so many questions, you know? Um, you, we have kindergarten where the room is full of questioning, qu- question asking why, 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 which... The answer is that's why I learned. It's how I learn by asking. To high school classrooms, which is my teaching experience, we're like, someone please ask me a question. <laughs> well, the journey from kindergarten to high school, we too frequently as educators, not just here in Roxbury but everywhere, inadvertently teach children to stop asking questions. So, I, I would say that that would also be a piece of advice I would have is while sometimes it's cumbersome and exhausting you know, celebrate the question, celebrate the inquiry, celebrate the desire to learn, not just academic content, but the the uh, the desire to learn about the world around you and the world around us. It, that's something to really be celebrated. And I think kindergarten provides a great opportunity for us to incorporate that into the school experience. All right. Any last thoughts before we wrap up? I was just going to add something real quick um, and just say that Oftentimes you think about an adult in a, like, in a conversation or they go into a different setting. You think that you flourish really when you're com- comfortable. And we want to think about that with our kids too. They're going to learn when they're comfortable in that setting. And they're going to grow comfortable by inquiry, by asking questions, by playing with things, by figuring out how to lose a game and how to win a game or how to help a friend out or how to clean my table or maybe help my friend clean the table next to me. So those are little aspects that are the utmost important because eventually, and I always say this to all of my teachers, no matter what grades, I've always said it to even when I taught eighth grade and my eighth grade students, you will learn and the academics will come when you are comfortable in the setting. And it's the most important for the kids to feel that way so that eventually the academics will roll in. One other thing that we didn't quite talk about was getting to kindergarten. So your student is going to be have their first day. You take all the pictures. You're ready. And now you're panicking. And that's okay. And they're excited. And it's a big step. Even if they've been at daycare since six weeks old, it just comes with a lot. They're going to the big school. They're going to kindergarten. We love them. We care for them so much. They are in great hands. But Trust me, they talk about mom and dad all day long. You are with them right there along the journey. But letting them go, that's what's helping them to grow. So letting them get on the bus, resisting the urge to stand at our windows and watch all day, and really letting them just flourish. And then they will be so excited, and you'll be so amazed at what they do when they come home to you. I think one component, too, is as you can hear from all of us, um, your child will have a team of teachers and friends at school to support them. And as much as we want to encourage that independent component, uh, know that they do have a village behind them supporting them as they develop these skills. 
And just one last thing. I am so excited for our uh, late August start and seeing those new smiling faces come off the bus. It's one of the uh, best parts of the school year. Well, I can't top that. So thanks for listening. (laughs) Kindergarten is a super exciting time for the kids and for the parents. So if there's anything we haven't covered here and you have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to anyone here in the school district that can help you prepare uh, for the new school year and for the excitement of a new kindergarten start. Have a great uh, summer and thanks for listening.